Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And today is our annual New Pet Products special. I would say what annual, but geez, we've been doing it for so long now, I, I have no idea which number this is. But we do it every year when there's a couple of big trade shows across the country, the Global Pet Expo and SuperZoo. This is where all of the new yeah, pet products are introduced. I love those shows just because of these new products. You know, you, you get to check out the latest and greatest. It's fun. And it's always amazing to see the inventors, you know, the inventors that have come up with some of these ideas. It is a uh, $60 plus billion dollar a year pet sector. Wow. That means that there's a lot of people just coming into it. You know, when I think about all of the years that we've covered the Global Pet Expo, and SuperZoo, we've seen a lot of items come and go. A lot of companies come and go, mm-hmm. disappear. Uh, but then we've also seen some small companies get bought up by bigger companies. As, yeah, that happens a lot. So all of these people that we're going to be talking to today, they're hoping that some big company will buy them up. So and we're going to have giveaways. So this is all on the way today, right here on Animal Radio. Plus, we'll be taking your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom for this hour? I got a story about a big victory for animal activists and advocates for um, people who might buy a pet from a puppy or pet store. Hmm. Okay. So if you're planning on buying a pet from a pet store, listen up. Mm-hmm. Lori has some important news for you. Joey, what are you working on? The five things that you need to know if your pet has a stinky face. You hear that, Roro? Listen, listen. You know, you guys laugh, but 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 if your pet had a stinky face, you would want to sit back and you would want to listen and know what's going on. So don't don't laugh. It's not you know. I'm not it's laughing. Not funny. It's not a funny situation, guys. I was looking at the expression on Lori's face because she deals almost exclusively with bulldogs, and they have the wrinkly face that oh. I'm sure stinks a lot. Do, do your dogs? Does Roro's face stink? Um, it can, but it takes copious amounts of work to yeah. make it not stink. Yeah. You picked a high maintenance breed to take care. Did of. Did I ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, but they they're all rescues. Are. All of them. They are. Yeah. That's nice. Well, good for you. Okay, so be listening up if you have a smelly face dog. Uh, plus five other tips from Joey Volani, the dog father, in just a few minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, or ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Hey, Richard, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Indiana. Beautiful Indiana. What's going on? Uh, I have a question for Doctor Debbie. Okay. I have a uh, Chihuahua. His name is Tiger. He's uh, almost two years old. He'll be two years old in July. And I take him for walks every day. We're usually at about a half hour, and it's around a mile that we walk. And I've noticed that when we come home, he just pops down and goes to sleep and just lays around the rest of the day. I was wondering if that was normal, or should I be spacing the walks out and not going so far at one time, or what's going on here? Now, are you aware of any kind of um, orthopedic problems, any kind of joint issues that he has? No, no. Okay, and is he a chubby fella, or is he a healthy weight? <laughs> he's he's about four pounds now. He is a little on the thick side, but he's only about four or five pounds. Okay, and and if are you around like after the walk, and does he just kind of not want to do anything, or does he get up and show interest in other things during the day? 
No, he, he'll show interest in other things during the day, but it seems like after we walk, he just lays around and then just just like he's wore out. So I didn't know if maybe I should start spacing it out like 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Um, yeah. I did also, also didn't know if maybe it was a case to where he was getting too tired. Maybe I should start taking water with me or... Okay, well, I'm going to tell you that for a half-hour walk, that is not an extreme amount of activity for a dog of his age. And that's why I was asking if he had any excess weight problems or if he had an orthopedic problem, because some of these little guys commonly have knee issues and such, things that might make him less able to kind of bounce back from um, activity. But, you know, I recommend up to an hour of exercise a day for a normal, healthy dog. So for me, I would feel better having you take this little guy to a vet and just have a couple things checked out. Um, there okay. are some things that, that do come to mind. Um, those first two things I mentioned, you know, joint problems as, as well as weight. But, you know, I would definitely want to just take a good listen to his heart. So we'd want to check that out by uh, taking a good listen, make sure we don't hear any heart murmurs, any abnormal rhythm changes in the heart, and really make sure his ticker's good. And then the next thing is there are some hormonal problems that can cause um, weakness and an inability to tolerate what we'd call normal everyday exercise for dogs. And I'd say 30 minutes is pretty normal. Um, so there are diseases like Addison's disease, which is a problem where a dog can have a low cortisone level. And that can make them very, um, you know, kind of sluggish at times. They can even have digestive problems from time to time. So, so some of these things we might want to kind of get some assurances that we don't have that. Or if we do, that we can start going down that pathway. Um, because, yeah, he, he really ought to handle that duration of exercise. Um, now, if you were telling me you were taking him out and running him and, you know, you're doing a jog around the block 30 minutes and then he was really tuckered out, um, yeah, I'd understand that. But I, I think right. you're doing very reasonable, good activity. And, um, you know, I would just make sure, you know, your vet checks him out and gives him a clean bill of health. And then from there, you know, the good thing about exercise is it usually helps to regulate their appetite and it keeps them out of trouble. So sometimes having a quiet dog around the house is a good thing, um, you know, as long as we're comfortable. He's not having any kind of health issue there. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for your call. Thank you. At one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. That is toll-free to the Dream Team here at Animal Radio. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Time for Dueling Debbies. Hey, Debbie, how are you doing? <laughs> okay. Just okay. Aw. Yes. Well, that, that doesn't tell well, we hope you're doing better today. What can I do for you? Maybe I'll make things better. Um, in my neighborhood, we have a huge, huge stray cat problem. And I was wondering if there's anything that can be done to uh, keep them out of flower beds. And they just dig them up, sleep in them, use them as litter boxes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is definitely, I'll tell you, there are some solutions. Um, all of these will be helpful in certain situations, and you might have variable variable success with them. And as long as there's those stray cats out there kind of hanging out, um, they are definitely drawn to soil. You know, it's it's what they do. It's, it's what they nest in. It's what they... Um, cover their excrement in, so um, it, it is a natural instinct. So that being said, for those who don't want the cats in their garden, um, we can try some physical things to keep them away and make it less attractive. And there's some other things that we can do. Um, certainly there are some um, products out on the market that are granules that uh, help to uh, keep the critters out of certain areas. And, and 
I can't say I have a lot of success with those. <laughs> um, I am a fan of the physical deterrence, things that don't hurt the cat, but make it unpleasant for them to tread in those, those areas. And one of the great things you can try, and in a garden it'll have a dual benefit, is the motion-activated um, sprinkler system, um, or there's even one that has a compressed air. So when the electronic eye is set off, when the cat or the animal treads in that area, um, a sprinkler will go and kind of spook them away. So a very kind, gentle way to just get them out of the area. That, and you may even combine that with, um, if it's appropriate in your garden setting, is to take um, chicken wire or really close mesh wire and lay that down in the bed of the garden. And they don't like to step on it. Um, it, it obviously can only be used in certain areas, but if that's appropriate for some of the bulk areas of your garden, um, it can be a wonderful deterrent to keep them away from there. Um, one of the natural... No, they, they they will avoid the area. So cats, if they wanted to, they could walk on it. It just feels uncomfortable. It's kind of like walking on, um, you know, waffle wire. It, it just it doesn't feel good. It doesn't cut them. I'm talking barbed wire. We're not talking anything like that. This is just chicken wire or some of that, um, you know, the uh, rabbit fencing, if you will, that'll help to keep uh, um, bunnies out. Um, so that's something. But you lay it down because don't just stand it up. They'll just jump right over it otherwise. Um, and then I do have some luck with using citrus products. Um, just naturally some, just citrus is unpleasant to cats. They don't really like it. They don't want to be around it. So, um, if you can put some orange peels, lemon peels, and kind of sprinkle that on the perimeter of your garden, um, it's kind of a natural deterrent that, uh, that might help to keep the, the kitties away. And then as far as, I know I've mentioned this before for folks who are having trouble with cats coming near their house, um, some of the back door situations, um, is that you can actually go to a hunting uh, store and pick up uh, coyote urine. And uh, if you can tolerate the smell of it near your garden, um, you can treat the area around. And that can help just by uh, signaling that a predator is nearby, and it can deter cats from uh, kind of going in the area. So there's a lot of solutions there. You can try, see what works for you. Um, Certainly is better than clapping your hands and yelling, hey, get out of my garden. (laughs) Yeah, I wish there was something we could, you know, they're starving, but... Last summer, I made the mistake of feeding a couple, and I'd come home and there oh, yeah. was money on my porch. So, yeah. I had to do to stop it, but... Yeah, and that is that is definitely one thing that you've hit upon that. As long as you offer food sources, those cats are going to be coming around. So you really have to cut that off in your area if you want them to stay away. You're not going to have any luck if you keep feeding them. Okay, well, I'll try some of those. Good luck with that, Good luck. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A British woman was trapped for an hour with her hand stuck in her dog's mouth. It all started when her boxer playing in the backyard somehow got a fishing hook stuck in his mouth. Owner Vicki Morrill frantically tried to remove the hook but ended up getting hooked to her dog. She was able to dial the phone with her free hand and a fire crew and paramedics arrived and were able to separate the two. Both will be okay although Vicki's hand was injured so badly she'll need a skin graft. Hopefully her dog will stick to frisbees in the future. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people.
say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. It is our new pet product special, and today we are celebrating... All these great new gadgets that have been invented for your pet and that are being shown at the Global Pet Expo in Orlando, Florida. We have giveaways. We've picked uh, just a few of them because i got to tell you, there's a lot of things to pick from. In fact, the show sold out this year, all of the exhibitor space. It's a huge place if you've ever been there. You may have. Joey, you've been there. You've been to Global, right? I, 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 yeah, I love it. I love Global. I love Super Zoo. I, I love all these shows. Today we're going to be talking to a couple of people that, uh, at least a couple of people that have brand new inventions and will be giving you their inventions. So that's Now, you guys have been through these shows a lot. You've yeah. been to many mm-hmm. of them. Yes. I am so excited to go this year. But to get an idea of how many products and things there are, how many days or hours does it take you to uh, walk through a yeah. whole show and take it all in? Yeah, you can't. two or three. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you still kind of miss because it's ju- it's just too huge. Because w- I'm not one of those you know women who likes to go clothes shopping, but you put me in a, a store that has pet goods and products, <laughs> I could be there all day. <laughs> okay, so uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, one of the dictionaries and probably the most official and well respected dictionary in the world is um, adding a new word for. Animal lovers used to be kind of a stereotype, but we will tell you what it is, and it has to do with cats. Oh, okay. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for that. You, you piqued my interest. Dr. Debbie wants to go to the phones. Let's go do it. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, man. Who's this? This is Animal Radio. i got Dr. Debbie right here to my left. Judy's over there. I'm sitting here in a nice uh, tweed shirt, and uh, we're all just <laughs> waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> okay. Here's the scenario. I board my horses down on a country road at some stables. Now, the woman took Mama Raccoon because it was skinning her cat off 20 miles away and just left these three little babies in the wall where I stabled my horse. Mm. So I got them out just to discover that they don't have any teeth yet. Their eyes okay. are barely open. And I had my 13-year-old daughter with me that was going, oh, Dad. <laughs> so I got three baby raccoons. We're going to keep them. My wife has got a hold of some website that says they're vicious after six months. And they now I understand they steal from you. Anything bright, shiny, car keys, glasses, whatever it may be. Uh-huh. But everybody I've talked to 
up here that has raccoons themselves say, no, that's all a lie. Now, I, mm. I do understand that I need to get them fixed, and they need to get their rabies shots and, and just different shots, but I guess what I'm asking, is there a place that you know of here in, in, in northern Texas that I may take them to so they can have a normal life? Okay. All right, David, this is going to be a call that you're not going to probably like anything I have to tell you. <laughs> I'll be very okay. honest. Okay. The the honest truth about raccoons as pets is they make pathetic pets. Now, there may be exceptions, but generally, these are wild animals. So even if they're raised generations in captivity, when they hit maturity, generally by two years of age, they become aggressive, um, they get big, um, and they become destructive. But that's only one part of the equation. The biggest part of the equation that I have is human health. And there are several conditions and diseases that are putting yourself and your children in jeopardy. And as a veterinarian who is trained in zoonotic diseases, diseases that affect people and animals, the raccoon is definitely not a pet I would recommend to have around children. And the reason is many. One is because in the United States, the raccoon is the most common vector or carrier for rabies. And actually, 36% of wildlife cases are because of raccoons. So it is not a critter that I recommend. Now, the reason is because if a human is bitten by, uh, even if you've kept this baby indoors, they've never been outside, you're confident it's never been exposed to rabies. If this raccoon were to bite any human individual, it needs to be put to sleep. And that is one of the big challenges with people who raise raccoons. So in order to raise raccoons, you need to have a wildlife rehabilitation license, and that would be the person I would recommend that you take these babies to. And you can check with uh, um, your, your state um, uh, health and animal control units. They can direct you on that. But there's yet another disease that's even, well, just as terrifying that can affect people that, that raccoons carry. And they have a type of roundworm called Bayless ascaris. And they shed massive quantities of this parasite in their feces, thousands of eggs every day, and contaminate environments. And this worm, when it develops into people, it causes severe neurologic disease or death. And the bad thing is that kits that age, so when they're seven, nine weeks of age or younger, they may test negative for this parasite if we were to check their stool sample. But they may go on later to shed this parasite. So it is a very serious threat for human health. And, um, you know, that plus rabies plus the aggression issues, I really don't recommend them as pets. Now, I have treated raccoons. I will tell you there are vets that do. And, uh, yes, they can be spayed and neutered and vaccinated. There are really no vaccines that are recognized in raccoons, so you can give them rabies vaccines, but if they bite someone, like I said, they're pretty much going to have to be destroyed because of the human health issues involved with rabies. So that's the hard truth, and um, you know, I know there are people that have raccoons, and they're a lot of fun when they're little, but um, you know, it really is a, a type of critter that I do recommend that you get in the hands of a wildlife rehabilitator so they can raise them um, so that they can return to the wild good, healthy, and, um, you know, keep your family safe. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. 
Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A federal appeals court has rejected a bid to overturn a New York City law that imposed tough restrictions on the sale of dogs and cats in pet stores. This verdict is considered a huge victory for animal advocates and for those animals also that would have been sold by puppy mills and mass breeding operations to pet stores. That law was passed back in 2015 and says pet shops could only get dogs and cats from federally licensed breeders that have clean recent animal welfare facility visits and that those stores could not sell dogs and cats that were over eight weeks old unless they were spayed and neutered. The New York Pet Welfare Association, a group representing pet shops and dog breeders, sued to block that law, fearing that it was going to force many of its members out of business. Well, the group said the law unconstitutionally burdened commerce by favoring animal rescuers and shelters over out-of-state breeders. But the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals disagreed with that and instead agreed that the law helps ensure that consumers bought pets that were healthy and, you know, raised humanely. The judge said the sourcing and spay-neuter laws address problems of significant importance in the city and to its residents, and the city has enforced them for more than a year with no ill effects. So it's been good for everybody. Oxford Dictionaries has announced the addition of 300 new words, and uh, some of them are short phrases, that will be added to its dictionaries. Among them, uh, the words creptacular or craptacular, <laughs> I don't say that very often, uh, drink the haterade, and also cat lady. Just a few of the 300 that made this year's cut. Uh, Of course, Cat Lady is one that really grabbed our attention here in our studios, but our host, Hal, is a cat guy, so uh, it didn't make everyone at Animal Radio happy. Hal, (laughs) sorry about that. So uh, what exactly is the definition of a cat lady, then? It's a noun and refers to an older woman who lives alone with a large number of cats to which she is thought to be obsessively devoted. Nothing wrong with that. No, there is not anything wrong with that whatsoever. <laughs> and we call you a cat guy. And I have so, no problem being the, the crazy cat. crazy cat He's guy. Crazy cat. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is not good, but uh, I, it, it is a story that has a happy ending. But did you know that about 500,000 pets die in burning house fires, burning mm. homes every year? Wow. And now here I'm going to tell you about a family in New Jersey whose three pets miraculously survived a New Year's Eve house fire. And now that family has had a chance to thank their first responder heroes for saving their four-legged furry family members. The fire caused, this must have been a nice house, about a million dollars in damage. But it could have been, you know, just horrible. The owners, they weren't at home at the time. But the smoke set off their home alarm system. 
But the owner didn't answer the call from the alarm company because, well, you've done this before, I'm sure I have. The call came from an 800 number. Mm. You know what that's like? Yep. And he thought, oh, telemarketing company. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So luckily, the alarm company called the next person on the list, his daughter, and she was able to reach him right away. Now, because he was only about a mile away, the owner got there really fast, and he was able to tell firefighters that there was a dog and two cats inside the house. The deputy fire chief later said that they found Riley the dog and one cat, Romeo, and they were found huddled together as if they were protecting each other and that they were not going anywhere without each other. Hmm. The second cat, Chloe, was found in the basement. All three pets were harmed. They spent days in the hospital for burns and smoke inhalation, but they're all home now and doing very well. Mm, But earlier this month, this really grateful family took Riley the dog with them to their local all-volunteer fire department, and along with the alarm company, they presented the first responders who saved their family with a gratitude check for $7,500. And that nice? But as a bonus to all of this happiness here, Riley the dog has just been certified as a therapy dog and will start working with children this month. Awesome. Wow. Nice story. Yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. It gives me great honor to present to you the dog father, Joey Volani, on Animal Radio. How are you doing? How you I'm doing? doing great. Here I am. So, you know, I mean, how can I do any better than this? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, you we can okay. say no. We can always <laughs> yeah, no, do you, better. Well, you Come on. So what's going on in so your the, world? So um, five things to know if your pet has a stinky, smelly face. Do you ever go up to someone's dog and, well, maybe not you guys, but you know what? I'm always kissing everyone's dogs, you know. I'm like, who, who, who is that talk show host that they, they used to kiss everyone? Um, I mean, game show host. Uh, Richard Dawson. No, Richard Dawson. Yes. I'm like the Richard Dawson of the pet grooming world, which you shouldn't <laughs> do, but I do anyway. But sometimes you always have those pets who have that smelly face, and no matter what they do, um, you can't get rid of it. So I have five things that you need to know about a stinky-faced dog, even cat. First thing you gotta do is make sure you brush and comb, okay? Get that extra food, get those particles out of there. I mean, they're rubbing and they're brushing and they're chewing and they're drooling. So you want, if you brush it, um, and comb it, you know what? You'll, you'll get out all the loose things in there. You also air it out a little bit. The next thing I want to do, if I have a dog that has folds, you know, like Shih Tzus, more, I mean, Shih Tzus, um, Bulldogs, anything that has folds in their face, you got to clean them, guys. Um, the easiest way to clean them is just a cotton ball and a little bit of water. But if you can get some, you know, witch hazel 
or um, you know any type of you know what is witch hazel? That, Does anyone actually know what that is? What is? I've it? used it. I don't know what it is. Witch but hazel is just it. it's just a natural um, astringent that um, I don't know what it's derived from, but it works really well. I, I remember the nurse used to put it on your eye when you were in school when you got poked in the eye. <laughs> um, but but all as I know is that it's a um, clarifier. And um, it's really, really gentle when you're cleaning the folds of a dog's face. Even if they have some irritation, it's not going to burn, and it's, um, you know, it's not going to irritate. But it will help the um, healing process and also get take the smell away. Mm. The other thing is, is a lot of people don't do this, and I don't know why. Because I'm this is a pet peeve of mine. When I clean my dog's eyes. I clean my dog's eyes at least once, twice a day. And I'll go in there, and I just use my nail usually. But sometimes if it's built up, you don't want to go in there and just use your nail because you could be, you know, tearing up some skin as well. So a cotton ball with um, that's dampened with a little bit of water, moisten it, let it sit a couple minutes. You can go in there with a comb, or if you're brave like me, go with your nail and clean that up and get all that gook out of there. Ears. A lot of people don't realize how bad ears can smell. Um, if ears aren't clean or they're infected, even lightly infected, they're going to smell. And a lot, I mean, I've had situations where people said, my dog it smells horrible. And they would actually um, not even let them, you know, be in the same room with them at times. This is a true story. Um, and the ears were just so bad. That's what that, what that horrible odor was coming from. And we all know about teeth. But one thing I want you to know about teeth it doesn't necessarily have to have a heavy plaque buildup for the dog's mouth to smell. If you have a lot of dogs, like I have a friend of mine, and, and she has pugs. And the pugs will go around and they'll lick every crumb that they find on the floor. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is what they're doing is they're also picking up the hair that they drop behind from shedding. And it gets caught and built up between their teeth. And it's... It, it'll it'll get in there and leave a horrible odor. So what you do is the same thing. If you go in with a, with a um, cotton swab, um, a cotton ball, even a toothbrush, you can use your finger. But be careful you don't get bit. And um, you know, clean clean those teeth um, really well and get the hair and the debris out of there. Um, a little funny story of a dog that was in a grooming salon. This has nothing to do actually with what I'm talking about. But see, being I'm talking about teeth. Um, we found a um, a piece of of plastic wrapped around the dog's tooth that was embedded oh. down in the um in the gum, and it was you know when you go to like Walmart or something on the hanger it says like um has like the waist size, like so to say like size thirty six and it's like a little yeah. it's like a little piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually caught in the dog's mouth, and and she said, "Wow, my dog's mouth really smells. It's been that way for a while." And I looked in there and I seen a, a piece of plastic that said 36 on it. <laughs> and I went in and I, first I thought it was some sort of, of, of like denture, um, um, procedure that I knew nothing about. Maybe it was a new procedure doing for dogs. And I went in with a hemostat and I pulled it and I pulled it out and some blood and the dog instantly kissed me. It must have felt so good. And that's what oh, wow. was causing, that's what was causing the odor. So if you do those five things, usually you should have a dog that at least has a better smelling face. Real easy stuff to do. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Just like Tigger's. Hold her up to the microphone there. Doesn't she look great? She looks wonderful. Uh, Redbarninc.com is the website. Learn more over there. And thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. 
dogs gotta go potty. But sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Toll free one 866 405-8405. And it is our new pet product special today featuring the latest and the greatest gadgets being introduced uh, across the world, in the pet world, at the Global Pet Expo in Orlando, Florida. And right now we have back on the air with us Janet Marlowe from a company called Pet Acoustics. Hi, Janet. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Splendid. You are a sound behaviorist by trade. Yes. And what does that exactly mean? Well, that comes from being a recording artist and musician for 35 years, traveling and providing music for humans for many, many years, um, and then transitioning my scientific background on acoustics and also my 20-year research on animal hearing sensitivities, just what it is, how they hear, how it affects them, what's the pressure in the ears, and how it affects them in their environment. Mm. Putting that all together as one big recipe has made me into a sound behaviorist, meaning that it is the one area of our understanding of our pets at home that we really have to address. And I've been trying to educate um, pet owners for many, many years on this subject because it's so important for them. Yeah, and in my hot little hands, there's a little cube probably about two inches Perfect. What do you call this little thing here? I call that little thing pet tunes. Pet tunes, okay. We have it for cats, okay, um, dogs, horses, and birds, all modified for their specific hearing ranges and what trigger points, what frequencies and decibels. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So let's take a dog um, in the wild um, it, for their survival. When it goes up a certain frequency, that triggers their hypervigilance and survival, either fight or flee. Um, they continue that behavior in their in our homes. Um, so their catch, you know, you know, dogs and cats and thunderstorms. It is not a pleasant experience for them. So uh, the music that I uh, modify uh, through um, species, I am the inventor of species specific music since 1997, um, which is modifying music and modifying the frequency content and decibel content to bring it right into the comfort range so that cats and dogs don't hear those frequencies. They never have to go into hypervigilance. Mm, okay. Tell me how to, to operate this here. Just take the toggle and put it down. There's an on-off switch. Oh, that's all I had to do. <laughs> that's all you have to do. That's and very soothing, very calming. I'm trying to see. Now, is this a cat one or a dog one? That's the cat one. Oh, I sent you guys the cat one. Yes, it's the cat. Oh, I love it. Would it have any effect on me? Because I'm actually finding myself becoming a little yeah. calmer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we say the side effect is that it calms humans. <laughs> uh, where can people learn more about this? 
Well, uh, petacoustics.com is the best place. Um, we are launching the products at Global Pet Expo, and it's also going on sale on our new website. We'll keep an eye out for it. Janet, thank you so much for hanging with us today. You guys are the best. We love animal radio here. So I'd like to go ahead and give away one toll-free at one 405 This is for the cat, so you got to have a cat for this little pet acoustics cube. One of the new pet products from the new pet products special and global pet expo uh, remember all of these items over at the website at animalradio.com i like that i like it too what's this new massage music this is animal radio hello everyone it's robert semro your pet world insider here with this week's animal radio list five must knows when hiring a pet sitter there comes a time when all of us have to deal with the tough decision of who do I trust to watch my beloved pets. To celebrate professional pet sitters everywhere and to help out our animal radio family, I thought I'd get you started with this truly critical task. To begin with, decide what environment is right for your pet. Will your pet stay at home, be boarded, or travel with you and be cared for at your destination? The answer to this question sends you in different directions, but the result must be the same a safe and caring caretaker for your pet. Once you've established the where, we must begin by interrogating, I mean, uh, interviewing the pet sitter. It's always great to get a referral or two from friends, but I always put everyone through the same process. I want to know what their experience in pet sitting is. And I want to know that they've undergone training, experienced different pets in different environments, and that they're prepared to deal with what can arise. Next, I want to know that they're a professional. Do they have pet first aid training, business insurance, a contract clearly defining what the expectations and requirements are for all involved? I know that may sound a little bit cold, but think about it this way. If you're on a trip and your pet needs medical attention, is your pet sitter authorized to seek that care? Is there a dollar amount that they're authorized to spend? And what will be done when they visit and how many times will they visit the home with the pets? It's important that everyone have a clear understanding of what will be the expected level of care and responsibility so that if an emergency arises, they can respond quickly for your pet's sake. I also want to know who their backup is, what contact numbers are available, how often we will communicate, and what kind of updates will be provided to me, not only to give me peace of mind, but to keep me aware of what's going on with my pets. I want to know how my pets are reacting to not having the family with them. This is important not only for the current trip, but for planning future trips and making sure that we're doing the right things for our pets. And with so much technology in our hands these days, it's much simpler and quicker for a pet sitter to send an update with photos, videos, text, etc. And finally, and this is sadly where most folks begin, what services do they offer? At what intervals? At what costs? And what does that service include? Doggy playtime means something different to everyone, so get some clarity. Make sure that your pets are getting what they need to be cared for mentally as well as physically. Make a list of favorite toys, places, and activities with that pet sitter. Make sure they know your home and where anything that they'll need to care for your pet is. If they aren't asking you for the information and details of your pet, that should concern you. Remember, your pet's counting on you to find them the right person to care for them. Share your pet sitter tips with us on our Animal Radio Facebook page. 
allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And uh, we're going to go back to the phones to talk to some inventors of some pretty creative pet products. And in fact, this hour, if you have a dog, since last hour we were talking about cats and birds and horses, Mm -hmm. uh, this hour, if you have a dog, we have something for you, especially if it's a smaller dog. This is something you're probably going to be dreaming of. <laughs> it is. Uh, can I say what? No, say what no, make, make them. Yeah, they have oh, to wait. Okay, that's it's on the way. Just so awesome. I love it. <laughs> You've tried it out. You've I tested have. this product. Yes, I, I was one of the beta testers. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I approve of this product. Well, I think a lot of people, at least longtime listeners, know that before we recommend anything, we always we test try it. it. We on always our try tests. it here. Yep. Uh, and that's the same thing for everything you hear during our show. Those are things we've tried. That's how we roll here. Uh, Let's see, Lori, what are you working on over there? Well, there's a way that you can buy, if you don't have the money, that you can buy pets. And you can buy them from a breeder or a pet store this way. But why you really don't want to go this route? Mm. Because, yeah, it's turned out to be a horror story for so many people. We'll let you in on all of the details of this one coming up. Okay, before you uh, go buy a pet... Listen to what Lori has to say that's on the on the way here just in a few minutes. Are we going to line three? Is that correct? Yes, we are. Seems like we haven't given them any attention today. Uh, we have Tim on the phone. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Good. How are you all? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from uh, uh, Wikiwaki, Florida. Wikiwaki, Florida. Where is that? <laughs> that, is, uh, that is, well, they're well known for their mermaids. The mermaids? It's, yeah, it's just oh. north of Tampa on the nature coast. You know what? We're about about fifty, we're about forty-five, fifty miles or so north of Tampa. I I want to come visit. <laughs> Sounds like fun. All you have to say is mermaids. Come on, come on down. We have a tale of a time. A tale of a time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, now what's going on with your animals? All right. So I've got this dog. <laughs> um, he's a he's a he's a year old, and he's a his mama was a hundred percent boxer, okay. and, and then she got tagged by some neighborhood dog. We're not sure. The people we got him off of, a friend of mine that uh, actually a friend of my son's that he plays ball, plays football with. So, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a decent looking dog. He's got a good, you know, he's got a good demeanor to him as far as he's nice. You know, he's, he's real laid back. Uh, well, he's not really actually laid back. That's, that's a misquote. He is not as hyper as you would think he would be as a, you know, a full-blooded, full-on boxer, 100%. But mm-hmm. he's got that, you know, he's got that activity to him. You know, he loves to run and play with the other three-year-old uh, dog that we have. But, man, I mean, he's got this this ism about him that he loves to dig trenches. I, I, I want to think he's he's back with Snoopy and back <laughs> in World War One and going up against the Red Baron, except <laughs> instead of flying his doghouse, all right, he, you know, he's, 
he's on the ground. He's a trench dog, you know? He's a trench wow. dog. So he gets these trenches, I swear. And this dog's small. I mean, like I said, he's one year old. So he's only about a, probably about 18, 20, 22 inches tall, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I think he's about done with the length of growing and, uh, you know, height and stuff. He's, he's kind of long, you know, he's pretty, pretty long, a little bit longer than, than he is tall. But okay. so- I just cannot, but I cannot break him. Of digging holes, so I don't know. Is there this some kind of magic solution? I wave a wand, and he's not, you know, digging uh, anymore. Or do I have to wait? Oh, if it was only that easy. But before we get into the how tos, I want to ask you: How does he spend his day? What what does is he inside, outside? Does he do both? Yeah, that'll that'll help you out. No, he's an outside dog. Um, my my wife and you know she's allergic to dogs as far as you know the dandruff and all that stuff. So no, they're outside dogs. Uh, they're they are. Because we live in a rural area, and I have we have two and a half acres for them to just have just a field day on, and dig as many holes as they want. Of course, I don't want it, but anyways, no, we have a lot of problems. We have you know, like I said, two and a half acres, mm-hmm. and uh, it's down here, Florida sand, so he's not digging through. I think maybe we need to move to Idaho or or somewhere you know, <laughs> Montana, where we get some granite, you know, so he's not digging so well, you know. All right. Uh, well, the- Let's get to yeah. it here, Tim, because the reality is that when we talk about digging and excessive digging behaviors in dogs, the first thing we realize is that it is completely normal uh, dog behavior to dig holes. Um, it is part of right. what they do. It's part of what they enjoy. A lot of dogs just get enjoyment from it. So when we are trying to curb this behavior, we may not ever be able to stop it, but we're trying to find the appropriate situation where he can dig and and dissuade him from digging in those inappropriate situations. And I'll be honest, in a dog that has free reign outside in that kind of area, it is going to be very difficult to stop this behavior because the core ways that we deal with this are we... We're going to basically want to give an appropriate site for the digging and deter him from digging in those other areas, as well as giving supervision so it does not occur. So if he's outside and kind of going, doing his own thing in this area, it's going to be very hard to provide that supervision that we need to to correct the behavior as it's happening. So the ways that we can try, um, so if there is a way to keep his environment, um, typically I would tell people to keep the dog indoors um, where you can supervise, and, and I understand if the allergies make that hard, but whether we provide a dog run, something where we do have a concrete or a different surface where digging behaviors cannot happen when he's in that area, and then teaching him basically to an appropriate digging site. And this is going to be something like, um, you know, providing like a small doggy pool um, or a sandbox with a substrate like dirt or sand where we can encourage him to dig and re- we reward that behavior. So that might be something like, you know, putting a rawhide bone or a dog toy and burying it in that area. And then once he finds it by digging it out, you praise him, reward him. Oh, good boy. And then you give him snacks, you give him treats. So you teach him that this is the place where this is going to happen, and then we're going to try to deter him from those other areas by keeping him confined. Um, you can try putting down deterrence. You know, you can put, like, chicken wire down below the ground. Um, some people will put um, either slate rock or um, uh, some form of uh, flat concrete rocks along the areas where that might be occurring. But it's going to be very hard on two acres to provide enough deterrence in that whole realm. Um, the other thing we combine all this with is is providing more outlets for activity. So getting him out, going jogging, going running, playing, uh, retrieving games, things to get the energy level out. Because a lot of times, let's face it, digging is a way how they pass how 
dogs pass the time. And when they're bored, it's something fun to do. So if we try to burn that energy candle down a little bit, that'll help to take some of that drive that might go into the digging behavior. Maybe I'll take him up and see the mermaids or something. I'll take him up there and, and show him the mermaid part. Hey, I want to come there and see the mermaids. Thanks. Right, well, I'll tell you, what, you, could, you come down. All right, holler at me. You come down. We'll schedule a time. We'll all three go. That sounds good. Thank you so much for calling, Tim. I appreciate it. And hopefully that helps a little bit. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to our dream team. Hey, Tracy. Uh-huh. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Um, well, I've got a, um, he's getting ready to turn, well, he's eight months old. Okay. Getting ready to turn nine months old. Um, he was in the veterinarian getting neutering and we kept him there to get, um, we kept him there to get um, kind of mended up so we wouldn't have to confine him. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's a blue-nosed pit bull. And I just wondered, um, while he was there, he had broken his leg, his back leg, left leg. And I oh, just dear. wondered if they had to put two pins in okay. his leg, and they're going to be there for the rest of his life. Will, will he eventually get um, arthritis in that or... Well, I'm a little intrigued. What is, what happened to him as far as with the leg? Um, we really don't know. They had him out on a dog run. Oh, okay. Well, dogs will be dogs. Sometimes things happen, definitely. Now, do you know what area of the leg that the the fracture occurred? I'm sorry? Do you know what area in his leg, in the thigh bone, um, yeah, in, yeah, the in the shoe bone? Uh-huh, in the thigh. In the thigh bone, okay. And as far as, um, was it something that the bone popped through the skin, or was it just kind of, it's underneath the skin? It didn't... No, it's underneath the skin. They said that them type of dogs get that. Like, they can break them really easy if they jump. Okay. All righty. Well, um, a lot depends on the outcome with fractures, depending on where the fracture's located and, um, you know, definitely things like age um, are to your dog's benefit. Young dogs definitely have a better time healing with fractures. And if they got good pin placement and that went in there and put things back in alignment pretty well, um, if we can keep them quiet, uh, that's also the big thing of postoperatively is really no matter how good they put pins in and fix a, a broken leg, um, the home care is probably three-quarters of the importance in making sure that he gets a good healing and a useful uh, leg there. So um, if if they got good placement and they felt good about those x-rays and there's no invasion into the, the joint area, then I would say I'd have every uh, reasonable expectation that leg will heal um, well. But that being said, you know, obviously something, uh, you've got a pretty active guy on your hands there, so I would make sure we work really hard at keeping his activity, um, activity post-operatively um, under control. So we want to limit jumping, uh, make sure that he's not running around like a crazy man. Uh, sometimes we'll use tranquilizers even to help kind of facilitate that if we got a really rambunctious fella. Right. Um, well, they try, you know, they tried that, but ever since he's been home, he's actually got his appetite back. And, um, but yeah, he, he is very active. We've just been trying to keep him down and, you know, low key. So I just yeah. was wondering if he'll get arthritis in that when he gets older. Well, if it's in the middle of the bone, not likely. It's really if it gets close, if the fracture site is close to where uh, any of the joints are, then we might have a little bit more concern with that. Um, but if he heals up fine and uh, there's no reason to 
remove those uh, pins uh, unless there's a problem or some kind of infection down the road. So he gets to keep that hardware as a little remembrance of his uh, injury. So hopefully all, all sounds like it should turn out well on your end there. And uh, poor little guy. My goodness. And Blue Nose Pits are so adorable. Um, yes. They, yes, they are is. some of the... They are some of the best looking pits out there, I gotta say. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, he's very cute. He's he's laying down right now while he's he's opening his eyes because he knows I'm talking about him. <laughs> uh. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Dogs gotta go potty, but sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing. Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you, alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with your pets, our pets, all of our pets. That connection that, uh, yeah, you know, people that don't have pets, they don't understand that connection. How can you not? I, I, I just... Uh. It's once you bond with an animal, it's it's like how could I have not ever had this connection with an animal yeah. before? So this is your radio show. If you're crazy about your pets, if your phone has all pictures of your pets, <laughs> whatever's in your wallet, it's all pictures of your pets, none of your family. This is the place for you. And uh, we're gonna and we're gonna have more great items in just a few minutes from Global Pet Expo. This is the. Uh, it's one of the two huge uh, pet expos every year. It is, it? It, and it's huge. And uh, we've had to figure out which items we wanted to highlight because there are so are many. You serious? It's there are There's thousands, so many. Yeah. thousands of them. But we picked some pretty good products today. And we'll have giveaways in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, in just a few minutes, we're going to visit with you in the newsroom. And what are you working on for this hour? Uh, next year, I want that assignment, though, of you know, going through all <laughs> you the goods and choosing. Okay. <laughs> um, coming up, I'm going to tell you about uh, former President Bush. He's got a dog story that uh, he's still very insulted over after all of these years. And uh, it also involves Vladimir Putin. Mm, there you go. Just Uh-oh. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. right now. Let's go to line three. Yes. Okay. Yes, hello. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on? Hi. I have a toy poodle. She's eight years old. And when she gets really excited, she starts, like, coughing or whatever, choking, kind of a <laughs> kind of sound. And okay. lately, she's been doing it more and more. Like, when she gets excited, um, she'll just keep coughing and choking. And 
I don't know if something's wrong or as they get older, they continue to do that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. even at night, it's almost like she's snoring or something. She's like, while she's sleeping. So is something wrong or is that normal for toy poodles? Well, it kind of depends. There's um, there's a little distinction in the sound that we're going to have to see if we can make. And it's going to be a little challenging on radio because, you know, you can't see me and I can't see you. Um, now, this sound that she's doing, it, does it sound like she's about to cough up a hairball? Or yes, does it... actually, when she does it, she has to kind of like choke and like, like she's dry heaving, you know, like okay. she's going to throw up, but nothing comes out. And then okay. she's okay for a few minutes, and then she gets excited again and starts doing it again. That's okay. how she stops doing it is after she does that, like, dry heave. Okay. Because the, the questions I'd have is whether we're making a sound kind of like a, like we're trying to cough something up, or if we have more like what we call the reverse sneezing sound, which is really cool. It freaks a lot of people out, and I get many an emergency call about it. It's kind of more of a, a vibrational sound. It looks like an asthma attack, kind of like a... Yes, like a creepy cough almost. Oh, that The second thing I mentioned is not really a cough so much as it sounds like they're trying to blow something in through their nostrils. Or uh, So it's not really a cough. Cough is on the exhale. This other sound, reverse sneezing, is on the inhale. So it kind of looks like they're really stiff, sticking their neck out in their vibration, vi- uh, vibrational. Um, so it's not really a cough. After a reverse sneeze, there's not really a gag or any kind of retching. It just kind of happens, and then it passes after a few minutes. So I guess I'm still not clear which situation your baby might be in. But she, I would say... She does that retching thing afterwards. She does. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to call your situation more of a kind of a cough with kind of a gag or a retch. So in that situation, in a toy breed dog... It, it isn't unusual, but I'm not going to call it normal. Um, the difference is because um, there are some small breed dogs that have problems with their trachea, where they have kind of a weak spot in their trachea and it collapses, and it can easily lead to a coughing bout in these guys. Um, so that is a possibility. Now, the other things that we look at, bronchitis, heart disease, are, are also very common in poodles. So um, my best re- recommendation and the best way that I can help figure that out is to get an x-ray um, to see if we've got concerns with heart size or with this collapsing trachea, which many times we'll see it on an x-ray and it just looks like a straw flattened out. When they're sucking in air, it just collapses and they really can't get a good breath of air uh, and that causes a, a coughing response as well as other things with time. So that would be my first recommendation. Um, definitely before I would recommend um, you know any kind of medications. Um, although the other thing we'll talk about is weight and if we have any problem with excessive weight respiratory problems in general can benefit greatly if we get slimmed down into into a good healthy weight Um, yeah she's only like nine pounds so she's not i don't think she's overweight no, sounds like she's quite petite, and that's exactly how those little gals are supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I'd say for peace of mind, I would definitely, you know, call your veterinarian. I, I'd get a chest x-ray. That would be the simplest thing, and, um, you know, maybe nothing's going on. Maybe we need to see, see about treating some airway disease, and the collapsing trachea is, in many cases, not serious, but in some cases, it can lead to a very severe respiratory uh, emergency. So it's better to know your information ahead of time. Okay, just try to keep her calm until I get her in there then. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if she's nice and pink, she's not showing any uh, problems, uh, you know, recovering after these episodes, then, um, you know, certainly uh, that kind of helps you gauge how fast you need to get into the vet. Um, but, yeah, I'd say as soon as possible, I, I would uh, just recommend it for the peace of mind. Okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll make an appointment and get her in for a chest x-ray then. Best wishes with you, Cheryl, and, and give your good baby a little pat on the head for us. Okay, this is Dr. I will Debbie. thank you so much. Okay, All right, bye-bye. thanks for your call. Uh-huh, well, this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Brilliant Pad. Yes, Brilliant Pad. You don't need to rush home anymore and let the dog out. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. So I got Tucker Sandwich for five bucks. And I gave him one. And I gave him a thank you. Get two croissant sandwiches for just $5. Now made with 100% butter for a soft, flaky croissant. Only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh... Well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Do not ever, yeah, I'm telling you what to do in this case, and you'll thank me for it later. Do not ever buy a pet on credit or a pet that is financed through a loan, say, and here's why. Uh, take, for example, the Sabin family. They bought their new dog at a pet store for $2,400 using financing offered through a company that specializes in this and loaning money for pets. It's called Wags Lending. And then they received a payment notice from another company. And, you know, that was the company that had been assigned the contract to collect the payments, kind of like what happens when you buy a home and they sell your loan. Well, this statement that they received, Don Staben said that it said she owed $5,800, and that puppy was $2,400. Well, then she tracked down a customer service rep at the company, and she found out she didn't really own the dog after all. The company told her, you're not financing the dog. You're really only leasing it. Get out of here. It's, well, you know, they're <laughs> really? property. They're property. Yeah. They're considered yeah, come, property. Come get it now. That's yeah. what I would say. Come on. Come bring yeah. it on, baby. <laughs> I'm with you, Joey. You know, and this happens all the time. We sign things, and without realizing it, the family had signed on the dotted line, and 
legally agreed to make 34 monthly lease payments of $165 a month, after which they had the right to buy the dog for about two months' payments. However, like all loans, you do do not want to default on it, or the lender can take the dog back or say if the dog dies or even runs away, you could be on the hook for an early repayment charge in full. But sadly for this dog named Tucker, the whole experience was horrible. This family was not impressed with the puppy antics of Tucker, and they fought a long battle with the loan company, ended up selling the puppy to a trainer. But the company, or rather the family, still had the loan, right? So now if they had kept him and saw that lease through to the end, they would have paid the equivalent of more than 70% in annualized interest. And that, friends, is nearly twice what most credit card lenders are going to charge you. And it's not the only case of such horrors to financing pets. Apparently, there are many other similar cases. For example... Take the tale of one customer who ended up paying over $5,000 for a $2,000 puppy because she had financed a Yorkie from a Georgia pet store. She, too, was alarmed that this dog was going to cost her so much, but she was willing to pay the price because she was so in love with the dog already. Mm. By the way, the Nevada man who is the owner of this WAGS lending company says proudly, he can get away with doing this because, quote, we're dealing with emotional borrowers. The lesson I would say is be patient. Please fill out an application with a rescue or at your local animal shelter. Yeah, and don't ever finance an so, animal. Yes, yeah. Joey, what? Yeah, but I'll tell you what. I mean, the, the emotional borrowers. So in other words, somebody that's excited to bring a new pet into their home and, you know, be, really be happy about it. They gotta get ripped off. I mean, come on. Shame on that guy, you know. I mean, that's, 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 that's just, that's just terrible. He's just I know it's business, but it's terrible. Taking advantage of if it. If you have to finance an animal, first of all, you're, you're in the wrong place. You should be going to a rescue for that particular animal. Let me give both of you guys a hug. Oh, there you go. Oh. Aww. A little I love you. I mean, that, that's one thing I love about this group. <laughs> well, there's a, a group of people in a town in England that have launched a crowdfunding campaign to honor a cat that once lived at their local supermarket. So this is a small town, and the whole town basically knew this cat and loved it. The Just Giving campaign, by the way, almost to its goal of raising $6,000 because they want to erect a statue honoring the cat Brutus, who died back in January. The spokeswoman for the group says that Brutus delighted children and adults alike with his cheeky catitude. And uh, he would hitch rides in people's carts as they left the store on the way to their cars and would even jump into the cars to play with the bags that the customers loaded. You know how cats love bags. Mm -hmm. Well, Brutus was also known for hanging out on the shelves in the pet food aisle. Imagine that. And uh, for lazing around the store so that everyone could love on him. He was a legend. But sadly, Brutus was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease in 2013. And he had to be put to sleep just a few months ago after his condition really deteriorated. But regulars at the Morrison's supermarket in the town of Stanley and many of Brutus's more than 12,000 Facebook followers are still devastated. The store owners say Brutus was much loved by our customers, and he is still greatly missed. The store, by the way, also contributing to Brutus's memorial fund, and hopefully they're going to get that uh, full funding soon. Did you guys hear about this one? 
I was watching Ellen the other day. I don't watch Ellen. <laughs> Former President Bush, Bush 43, was a guest. He's been promoting his art book. And uh, he was on Ellen, and she was, you know, asking him questions. And this one question came up. She said that President Trump had a relationship with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. And she's looking right at Bush 43. And then Ellen added that the relationship for him with Putin was not really the same, nor a good one. Bush then was, like, excited to tell his story. He immediately started into saying that when Putin was at the White House, he had introduced him to their Scottish terrier. You remember Barney? Mm -hmm. Putin looks at Barney and then looks at Bush and says, you think that's a dog? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then Bush went on telling his story, and he said that he and wife Laura were in Russia one year after that incident, after the Barney insult, and Putin asked them, do you want to meet my dog? So Bush looks, and across the yard he sees this huge hound dog kind of loping toward them, you know, like an enormous dog. And Putin, with his icy eyes, looked at the president and first lady, and he said, quote, bigger, stronger, and faster than Barney. That was it. Don't insult a Scottish terrier, okay? You ever see <laughs> oh, that's right. You have Scotties. I know I have Karens, but Scotties, Scotties, no little dog. It's a big dog in a little dog's body with a lot of teeth and a powerful jaw. Ah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, they're cute. I mean, Barney was adorable. He was the black little terrier yeah. that Bush used to carry around all the time. Loved him. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An Australian woman was recently sentenced to nine months of community service for smuggling protected fish from Asia in her dress. 45-year-old Sharon Naismith was caught in a Melbourne airport trying to smuggle the fish. Customs officers reportedly heard flipping noises coming from her clothes and conducted a search. In a specially made apron under her dress, they found 15 plastic bags filled with water and fish, one rare Asian arowana that Customs said was worth tens of thousands of dollars, and 14 catfish. Naismith, who had just arrived from Singapore, pleaded guilty to a charge of attempting to import regulated wildlife. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
Hi, it's Alan Cable. You know, dogs are dogs and people are people. I work with two folks this week. Each of them had the same problem. Their dog basically tries to rip their shoulder off at the end of a leash. And the guy I was working with, he let the dog off the leash. What do you think the dog did? Started jumping on him, grabbing the leash with his teeth. Pretty disrespectful behavior, wouldn't you say? You might not, but if that dog were part of a dog pack and did that to the alpha, he'd get a smackdown. Not with words or conversation like people do, but with swift action, a swift correction. A lot of people refuse to accept that their dog's a dog. They pretend the dogs are human. They think he understands everything they're saying and that he likes everything that humans like. Here's an example. Who doesn't love a hug? I'll tell you who. Most dogs. A hug is threatening to most dogs. They'll put up with it from their human pack members. But when a stranger does it, it signals domination and an invasion of space. It makes a dog feel threatened. We communicate with words. But if you really want to understand your dog or any dog, you have to watch their body language, their eyes, and what they do when you and other people are around. They learn by observing us. For instance, let's say you had a rug in your kitchen, and the only time you gave your dog a treat is when he was on this rug. You'll notice the dog connects the dots. He figures out that when he's in that place, he gets a treat. So, every time you walk in the room, you'll notice your dog moves to that spot. He even stays in that spot when you're not in the room. This is a cool way to train your dog to do lots of stuff. You're rewarding him for something he's already doing that you like. Then take it a step further. If he's not on the rug, point at it. If he doesn't move, you, while pointing at the rug, start moving towards it. You can use the word treat repeatedly, too. If he's still not moving, get a treat and hold it in your hand while still pointing at the rug and moving towards it. Trust me, your dog's going to get the message, and pretty soon you'll be able to point to get him to go wherever you want him to. People will be fascinated how your dog will do what you want him to without ever saying a word. The greatest thing you can do for your dog is to be a strong pack leader and give him structure. He'll be calm and happy for it. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs gotta go potty, but sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. So I got Tuker's sandwich for five bucks. And I gave him one. And I gave him a thank you. Get two croissant sandwiches for just $5. Now made with 100% butter for a soft, flaky croissant. Only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the story of the shaving company called Harry's. In an epic battle of David versus Goliath. In the early 1980s, a child was born. Two of them, actually. Their names were Jeff and Andy. Time went by, they developed facial hair, and one day, something happened. Andy got ripped off buying overpriced razors. So they decided to start their own shaving company and fix shaving once and for all. They hired the best designers. They bought a 95-year-old German blade factory. And they started selling high-quality razors online with no upcharging direct to customers. How did the overpriced razor company respond? By threatening to sue their pants off. Don't worry. Jeff and Andy have plenty of pants and a relentless dream to give all guys a great shave at a great price. Try Harry's free. They'll send you a razor with five German blades, foaming shave gel, and even a travel blade cover when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Plus, get a free post-shave balm at checkout with code 9999. That's harrys.com, code 9999. 
to get your free trial set. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio's new pet product special. Today featuring the latest and greatest gadgets being introduced to the pet world. Some at the Global Pet Expo. All of the items we're talking about over at the website at AnimalRadio.com. A lot of giveaways today, too. I'm very excited about that. Uh, We just gave away the... uh, little pet acoustics music box. For cats. For cats. Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to love this next item, especially if you have a dog, smaller in nature. This is one that we've been uh, testing out for a little over a month and a half, maybe two months, and we are just... I love it. I I am hooked. You are very excited about it. Yes, I am. It's called the Brilliant Pad, and it is a litter, essentially, for dogs, except it's pads, and we welcome the inventor... Alan Cook, back to the airwaves. Alan, you may remember, invented the scoop-free litter for cats. For cats. How are you doing, Alan? Doing fantastic. So tell us about the Brilliant Pad. Uh, we are so excited. Uh, Brilliant Pad is the world's first self-cleaning indoor dog potty. Um, it automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one, and then it uh, wraps and seals the waste to get rid of all of the odor so your dog has a place to go indoors in a way that's easy, clean, and hands-free for you. Give listeners an idea of how big this is and what size dogs we're talking about that can use this. We designed this for small dogs, but um, actually up to 35 pounds. So not just tiny dogs, but small dogs and even some medium-sized dogs uh, can fit comfortably. The area, the pad area is 24 by 23 inches, so they're similar in size to the most popular uh, size of potty pad. Um, And the footprint of the machine isn't much bigger than the pad itself. It's 34, it's about, it's less than three feet long and about two feet wide. It's similar in footprint to like an automatic self-cleaning litter box. Judy, you've been uh, testing it out for the last month and a half, I would say. How how does Ladybug taking to it? You know, she uses an indoor potty. She's always used an indoor potty. And usually I put uh, down a pad in a litter pan with fake grass on it. And I always had to wash the grass and pull out the pad and clean the bottom of it. And it stunk. I mean, it it was just a matter of a couple days and it it started stinking. So I knew I wouldn't have much of a transition to this. I started out putting the artificial grass on top of it just because that's what she's used to. And then I slowly cut it to small pieces to where it was just a tiny square and she thinks she's going on grass. And then I finally pulled it away. So she just kept using it. And it's big enough, as you say, like the size of a pee pad, to allow her to spin. All dogs got to do their spins. Spins before. So she can get up there. She can spin around. And I just do it manually. Whenever she goes, I just go ahead and advance it. And I finally, after, you know, after a month, finished a roll. And, oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, during that time, there was no smell. And I thought, okay, when I open up the you know lid, pull out the roll, 
I still couldn't smell anything. There was no smell to it. And you toss it away, you put a new one in, and it's uh, biodegradable. So you just, when you take it off, you throw away the whole thing and you insert a new one. And it's just... It's changed your life. It's changed my life. It's just great. She, you know, in the middle of the night when she uses it, I just go ahead and advance it. And, you know, so it doesn't, I don't have to smell her waste. And like I said, it does not smell. And it's quiet when you advance it. It's not, you know, it doesn't freak her out from the noise. So if you go out of town, you'll set it for the timer. Yeah, I'll set it for the timer. You know, usually, you know, I have a pet sitter comes in. But if I'm gone, you know, if I'm going to be gone for like a whole day or something and I don't have a pet sitter, I can set it to automatically do it. So she'll have a clean pad whenever she wants. Can I just say, why hasn't this been invented before? It it makes me angry that it's like one of those things like, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) You know? The response has been fantastic. Uh, we um, have the product available on our website, brilliantpad.com, and we've been doing a crowdfunding campaign because uh, we really want like feedback and ideas and suggestions from dog lovers to learn what they like to see in future versions of the product, and the response has been incredible um, because it really provides a lot of like freedom and flexibility. It's still, you know, it's really important to take your dog outside uh, and to do that often to exercise and socialize. But sometimes, you know, you know how it can go if you get a little bit delayed at the office or you're trying to get home uh, to see your pup and you're stuck in traffic. So it's nice that you get some freedom from the strict rigidity of the schedule. Um, people are really happy that it promotes health and hygiene of their dog. Um, because you don't have to deal with handling the soil pad, touching all the waste. Some people, when there's multiple animals, the dog goes potty on the pad, and then someone else comes along and says, yummy. That's, I mean, it, it, we kind of, it's, not, it's just, that's not good. No, so no. with this, it automatically gets it out of there. So, you know, it's healthier and more hygienic for you and your pet. Um and people are also really excited that our pads are better for the environment than traditional pads. So you're doing a little bit of uh, crowdfunding, and uh, you're probably in the last few weeks of it now. People can probably go over there. Can they get deals on this now? What, what, what's going on with that? Absolutely. So um, if you come to BrilliantPad.com, you'll get referred to our uh, Indiegogo page. People are able to get the machine and the replacement rolls. Uh, at a substantial discount to the retail price. Um, so if anyone, if any of your listeners are interested in the machine, uh, go to brilliantpad.com for the best deals. Alan, we thank you for not only inventing this, but spending some time with us today. And I encourage listeners to go check out brilliantpad.com. Remember, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Okay, I want the human version. You want that. the human version? <laughs> I, I, need, I need the human version. <laughs> There you go. Our time has come to an end once again. If you need to fix during the week, go head on over to animalradio.pet. That's the best way to do it. Or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.